why even bother engaging in the first place? My needs are never going to get met. Right. Uh, no one ever listens to me. Uh, I'm never going to get validated. So it's futile and it actually hurts more to try to have hope that I can get something that right. I want by fighting for or advocating for or asking for what I want. Sure. They've, that, that has been kind of shut off in their brain. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We are your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how to handle the silent treatment. The silent treatment. Dun, dun, dun. This is a good one because the silent treatment is a very common weapon that gets kind of uh, thrown out there uh, yeah. for a couple of reasons. We're going to kind of talk about why it happens and what to do. Yep. Ready? Yep. Here we go. All righty. So here's the question for today. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you do with the silent treatment? Someone wrote in and said, what do you do when one spouse or the other is giving, giving the silent treatment? They refuse to engage. They refuse to talk. They refuse to participate in any sort of conflict right. or even better conflict resolution. Right. That That's going to be a problematic for, you know, the relationship for now until eternity. Why? If it lasts that long. Why does it make it so hard? Well, well, there's two things that I think of. The first thing is we talk about this often is uh, when you have uh, two people who have the anxious avoidance cycle. Correct. And obviously one of that couple has the very much the avoidance yes. cycle. And all that does for the other person, if they're, if they're the more anxious, oh. is is cause that person to ramp up more and more and more to try to get this this spouse to engage yes exactly very true and all that does is pushes them farther and farther and farther apart in getting reconnected and getting things resolved yeah that's that's why it's an issue that doesn't exactly tell you why or why it's happening or what to do or what to do or how to fix it but that's the consequence It, it is the number one thing that gets in the way of emotional connection right in fact on the relationship roadmap tool that we've built that's the one thing that you have to stop Stop doing doing. that's the thing that sabotages a relationship is called the deadly duo where the anxious avoidance cycle where one person ramps up becomes more anxious more intense and one person shuts down and withdraws so we're talking about the withdrawal half of the anxious avoidance cycle deadly duo thing at the moment right and and i'm assuming that this question is not from the person who is withdrawn because really, (laughs) right. Because really the, the fastest way to get this fixed is for that person to recognize what they're doing and start making changes in their own self. But that's not the question. The question is what do you do when you have someone who is that way? And the answer to that, the, what do you do question it lies in the, why does it happen in the first place? And let's talk about what what purpose does the avoidance or the stonewalling or the silent treatment actually play? Think about it in terms of powerlessness or overwhelm. There's two primary reasons why the silent treatment happens. One is the person doesn't feel like they have any power mm. when they do engage. Every time they say something, they get shot down, they, they get shut down. That makes sense. Um, they don't have 
any um, validation mm-hmm. or being listened to. They don't have any experience with this. That doesn't mean that that happened in the marriage, but that can usually happen early in life right. where they've tried to express their needs. They've tried to explain what they've wanted and they keep getting shut down, keep getting shut down. And they've kind of learned, it's almost in an attachment style of why even bother engaging in the first place? My needs are never going to get met. Right. Uh, no one ever listens to me. Uh, I'm never going to get validated. So it's futile and it actually hurts more to try to have hope that I can get something that right. I want by fighting for or advocating for or asking for what I want. Sure. They've that that has been kind of shut off in their brain and they just they stop. They don't do it and oftentimes bring that coping style into a relationship. That makes perfect sense. And <clears throat> that doesn't mean it's a character flaw. That means it's a learned survival behavior or right. technique. Right. That because it's been learned, it can be unlearned. Unlearned, exactly. Or it can be redeemed would be the better yes. way I would express Absolutely. that. It can be redeemed. It can it can um, no longer have to be in place. That survival technique doesn't have to be in place because you're no longer in that original environment right. um, where you were being shut down sure. or, or, you know, all those things. The other reason that the silent treatment tends to happen is because um, it is a weapon. They have learned to hold someone else emotionally hostage mm. by not engaging. Right. They have said, oh, I know that this bugs the crap out of you. I know that this creates more tension, more fear, more anxiety, more stress in you by not engaging. I'm not going to engage. I'm, mm. I'm just not going to do that. And so they actually... Dis, disengagement is actually a way to create more, more power for right. them. Right, I was going to say a source of power for them. Yeah, and that in essence, I, I use the term, that's kind of fighting dirty. That's like you're never even getting in the boxing ring to engage in a fight. You're just um, holding all the power. You're holding, you're taunting from outside the ring. And the person is going, I, I want to get this resolved. I want to get this dealt with. And that person is just not engaging. Right. We can talk in generalities here because I would suggest men and women use silence differently hmm. in general, overall, not every single time. But I think there could be a, a, a strong trend that men use silence, the, that avoidant piece because they have this script in their head that says, don't say anything because you're going to make it worse. If you engage, if you start talking about these things, your wife's, your wife's energy does ramp up. Uh, she starts to share all her feelings. I don't know what to do with those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, all this other stuff's going to get brought out. I don't want to deal with all that. I don't know how to deal with all of that. It overwhelms me. It scares me. It makes me uncomfortable. And so if I just... Don't say anything. If I just try to avoid, if I just try to stay as far away from it as possible and just let her kind of figure it out on her own. It keeps it from getting worse. Then I'll be okay. Right. For women, and again, in general, women who are using the silent treatment are using it to create emotional pain in their husband's in an attempt for the them to say, this is how bad I feel. I want you to feel bad in the exact same level or degree that I feel. Well, I was going to say, I think me being a woman and all and having... Yeah, but that doesn't mean you know anything. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I've necessarily 
chosen to use silence as a as a mode of communication with you like to you haven't weaponized it no 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 not weaponize it but typically when i am silent it's because i'm i'm mad at you and i want you to know or i don't know how to explain to you what i'm feeling or i've just given up so so go back to that i'm mad at you and i want you to know that i'm mad at you right so i'm going to be silent instead of telling you i'm mad at you instead of showing you i'm i'm going to not do anything. Yeah. Well, how does that communicate that you're mad at me? <laughs> I don't know. It's really kind of dumb. And what are you hoping that I will feel when when you are communicating you're mad at me via the silent treatment? What are you hoping I will feel? Well, I'm hoping that you'll feel sad for what you did that hurt my feelings in the first place. And you'll go, oh, I need to fix this. I need to take care of it. So you're trying to em- em- generate some sort of emotion in me yeah so i would i would say um i don't know that i've ever really been aware of it i'm i'm thinking through it right now but it's probably been a type of emotional manipulation probably it is and um i'm sure when we were early married um i know i was not aware of any of that at all it was just my coping mechanism yeah but really, I think that's a, a big piece. It's it's a, a emotional manipulation. Yeah, and I think I think that probably women use it to weaponize more than men do. Again, and it is I want you to hurt in the same degree or the same level that I hurt. Right, and I know that this is hurting you. It's and again, it's a way of getting power because oftentimes a lot of women can't overpower their husband if they go head to head you know right, right, right. argument for argument word for word blow for blow right that so they use withdrawal or they use withholding as a way to weaponize that again right. this isn't every woman no, this no, isn't no. every marriage and it's not in, and it's right this is one of one of the ways silence can be used right and it's not every time no because i know there were a lot of times that um we would have fights that I would just be completely overwhelmed and I could not get words out. And that wasn't me trying to withhold from you or trying to, to make you understand how upset I was. That was, I literally did not have words. Um, my, my emotional resilience was incredibly low and my emotional vocabulary was so minimal. Yeah. And, and I think the other part that played in it, I was afraid if I shared with you my feelings, you would not like me anymore and that'd be the end of our marriage. Right. Yeah. So so it, it's you have to understand if you have a spouse who does that, withdraws and withholds and doesn't talk, you have to figure out and understand their story. Yeah. And the story always plays into it. Yes, because if you if you hadn't have realized my story you would have said i'm i'm done yeah what's the point yeah exactly exactly let's go to the kind of the what to do if this is an issue in your marriage portion of the podcast um because if you don't know how to solve this if you don't know how to overcome this this becomes something that just gets bigger and bigger it festers and grows and becomes um, a really unhealthy relational dynamic between two people. Sure, and um, incredibly, incredibly lonely, too. Incredibly lonely, yeah, yeah, for the most part. Usually lonely for one person. Right, well, and that's what I'm saying. It's the, incredibly lonely for the person who can't get their spouse to engage with exactly, them. Exactly, exactly. And not sustainable. 
yeah, it's not sustainable. Here's the here's the way to start to well, the way to start overcoming this is number one, rarely if ever are you going to be able to solve a with a withdrawal issue, a stonewalling issue, the silent treatment in the midst of an argument when right. the silent treatment is already being used because the silent treatment is already being used right. and you have to be able to engage with your spouse to come up with uh, uh, rules of combat, if you want to think of it that way. Right. The, the Marquis of Queensberry rules. <laughs> it's the, here's the agreed upon way that we are going to handle conflict. And you cannot make up the rules in the middle of a fight. No, absolutely it not. Just ne- it never doesn't happens. work. Um, so what basically has to happen is you got to get out of the conflict situations. You got to wait until both of you are in a relatively healthy state of mind when you are both feeling okay, when there isn't any major issue on the, on the table Mm -hmm. and you have to agree and say, this is our dynamic. Do you recognize, do you even recognize that this is what happens in a fight? You tend to withdraw. I tend to escalate. We tend to kind of have these patterns. Do you recognize this? Um, and if the person goes, yep, I, I see how that happens. Okay, we've got to come up with a different way to start to handle this. And again, do you even want to come up with better ways to resolve this? Asking if you want to come up with rules to fighting before trying to come up with rules for fighting right. will give you even more insight into the person's emotional capacity. Unfortunately, a lot of times... Let's just put it into the husband's world here. This isn't always the husband, but I'm just I'll talk from my my perspective here. If the husband is like, okay, this is this is already an emotional conversation. I'm just trying in the middle of a Saturday here. I was feeling fine, and now my wife wants to talk about feelings again and fighting rules and everything else like that, emotional stuff. That already might trigger that shut down, withdrawal, silent treatment and that already, def- and that defensive brain because it always. comes across as attacking, always or, or criticism yes, or critique exactly. in some way, and so. Being able to just go, listen, we're not going to solve anything right now. Nobody's in trouble, but we do you even want to come up with a better way of fighting? I have heard on the on the occasion, I'd say not rare occasion, but oftentimes husbands will go, everything's fine. I don't we don't need to talk about anything. If this is hard for you. Just deal with it. Right. That lack of emotional intelligence or understanding of what their spouse needs. Um and they won't even engage in creating the rules or having a conversation about the way the ways to engage. Right. Um, and at that point, again, you're not even going to bother trying to fight. You're not going to push. You're not going to demand. You're not going to bribe. You're not going to do all these things. Um, at that point, um, the conversation now needs to go. In this relationship, you need to understand that this is becoming intolerable for me. This silent treatment, mm-hmm. this lack of talking about engagement or or how to have conflict, this is making me miserable. Do you understand how, how bad I'm feeling? Do you understand how bad this hurts? And again, if the husband goes, yeah, I do, deal with it. Now you're in a place where you probably can't do much in the relationship right. and you're going to have to get a third person involved. Exactly. Getting that husband into a room with a third person can be a bigger challenge. I mean, sometimes if they're not willing to engage with you, oftentimes they're not going to be willing to engage with right. anybody else. Right. So you might need to go to a therapist and have have them understand the specifics of your story better and know how to kind of guide you through some of that. Right. 
and also hear, listen, empathize, understand, validate uh, all these important things that, sure. so that your tank isn't running drier and drier and drier. Um, if your spouse is going, yeah, let's talk about how we fight, then it is like if either one of us I call it a drive-by. We're going to throw a punch and then run away. We're going to just, we're going to throw it. We're going to, like, emotional punch, not a physical punch. Here. Right, we're right. Gonna, we're going to throw an emotional bomb into the room and then withdraw and, and hide and give the silent treatment and not engage. That is, that's not fighting fair. That doesn't work. That leaves shrapnel and scars and, and right. damage everywhere, collateral damage everywhere. We need to agree on... Um, where are we going to fight so that you know that this isn't going to go all over the house. This isn't going to go across Texas. This isn't going into right. your work here. So we call we call it a fighting square where you pick a spot in your house. Let's just say the couch. Our couch is right over there. Uh, this is the couch. This is where we sit. This is where we engage. This is where we fight. Um, if you're starting this, it's like, we're going to have an uncomfortable conversation for 10 minutes. You yeah. set a timer on your phone and go, let's see if we can just go swimming in the sea of conflict for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Both swimming, both rowing, both engaging. Right. The metaphor is going to get really mixed up here really quick here. <laughs> but um, we're going to see if we can both engage. And when the alarm goes off at 10 minutes, you honor that alarm and go, okay, let's come back up for breath. Let's walk away for a little bit. Let's come back in another half an hour, 45 minutes, and let's try 15 minutes, and let's engage in this. Right. You have to be able to, for the non-avoidant, non-silent treatment person, whoever that is, you have to be able to hold two spaces in your head. One is, I'm pissed off or angry about whatever the topic is that we are fighting mm -hmm. about. And then you have to have this meta-awareness. How are we fighting? Where do we need to be? What is going on within my husband or my wife? What do I need to do to make sure that I'm not triggering their defensive brain? Right. What do I need to do to make sure that I'm creating an environment that feels safe and, and understanding for them so that they don't get overwhelmed? Right. And you're kind of holding the space as well as holding your own emotions. That takes a lot of skill. It takes a yes. lot of maturity. It's possible. It's absolutely possible it to is. do. Um, but that is what we just, that is what is required if you're going to start to make progress in helping someone overcome the silent treatment. Right. And, and putting those time frames in there is really helpful because it, that gives the person that is the more avoidant, the ability to go, okay, I'm not, their defensive brain will kick in, but they'll be able to go, okay, I'm not going to be here forever because yeah. that's really what happens. I don't want to be stuck in this forever. And if I say anything and I open up, then it's never going to yeah. end. It's, it's the story of the emotional gym. Whenever you walk into a brand new gym and if you, especially if you haven't worked out for a while, you've never been into a gymnasium before and you walk in and there's 15 different kind of workout machines. And there's all these people who are in tank tops and are all ripped and buff and sweaty and, and, Herculean in in body shape and size and you're walking in fat and flabby like I am and you're going I don't know where to start I don't know what machine to do I don't know how to push the buttons I don't know how long I'm supposed to be on this what's the do I have to ask permission does someone have to show you just don't know what to do what's the easiest thing for someone to do when they walk into the gym walk out walk out <laughs> right and, and again that's understandable that's overwhelming and so you have to be able in the emotional gym People who have never been in the gym before have never built emotional resilience. They've never done the, the push-ups. They've never done the bench presses in lifting the heavy emotional weights ever. Right. And so even simple 
little things of conflict, which for someone who's been in a gym their whole life, it's like, well, this is easy. This is like a simple curl. I can rip out 10 of these really easy. Right. What's the big deal? That person's going, I, I have no idea what to do. And they don't have that emotional resilience. Right. So the job is to build emotional resilience by getting them into the emotional gym. That's the best metaphor that we can use yeah, for sure. when it comes to the silent treatment. Silent treatment is a version of the avoidant uh, cycle uh, yes. because they just, they are overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. So you have to have someone who's going to show them around the gym tomorrow. When you come today, don't even work out, but tomorrow when you come, we're going to start on this machine. Here's how you push the buttons. Beep, beep, boop, boop. Here's what you do. Here's what's going to happen. Here's how the treadmill is going to start going. You do this for 10 minutes. You write it down. Here's what's going to happen. After that, you're going to, I'll be up at the desk. Come check with me. See how you're doing. I'll take you to the next machine. And very slowly, we'll start showing you how to use all these machines. And you'll start to be able to walk on the treadmill for five minutes and 10 minutes and 20 minutes right. and 30 minutes. And your heart rate's going to get stronger and your muscles are going to get stronger. And pretty soon, after six months, you're going to be able to come in here, feel very comfortable, engage with any of these machines, with any of these other members in the gym, and and do fantastic in, in building physical resilience emotional strength, physical strength, the metaphor breaks down. Right. But you get the idea, everyone. Right, right, right. Right? Okay. That's the idea. That's what you start doing when the silent treatment is in place. Right. For people who are using the silent treatment as a weapon, who are using it to fight dirty, to, again, do that drive-by, we'll throw an emotional bomb into the room and then run away. Um, that is not about emotional resilience. That is learning how to honor the needs of other people. That is learning how to say, I I am not going to be an emotional terrorist in this right. in this relationship. I'm going to fight honorably because the person I'm fighting fighting with has honor, that mm -hmm. they deserve to be treated well, that they deserve to be um, understood, that they deserve to be respected. Sure. Even when I'm mad at them, even when I when I disagree with them or I'm upset with them, they still deserve to be treated well. Um, and that's a whole different way of solving that. That is choosing to use a, a, a weapon that you know has worked in the past. And again, that goes back to that kind of childhood. I know that this, right. this works in the past, but it is highly destructive in your new married life now. And you have to learn how to make the agreement to not do that. The best way to do that practically is when you feel yourself wanting to withdraw, go silent, you have to say that out loud. I am mad right now. I'm pissed off. I just want to walk away and shut down. I want to do that. I'm not going to do that, but I recognize that I am, that that's my tendency, that that's right. what I naturally do. Um, and I, I'm not going to use that weapon. That is a choice. That is a, a conscious choice of the will right. to treat someone healthily, appropriately, kindly, respectfully, all those things. And if someone chooses not to do that in a marriage, if someone says, I'm going to do something that I know that emotionally destroys you, mm. now you're going to have to go back to do deeper work in, okay, how do I get out of that survival brain? Right. How do I get out of that defensiveness? How do I not respond um, only trying to win? And how do I understand that my spouse has inherent value and worth? Right. Exactly. That's a maturing and a growing in your own part of your story. If our conversation today has led you to go, 
oh, this whole Ancient Avoidant thing, this is the first time I've heard about it. Or I might have heard about it before, but I like the term deadly duo. You know, anxious or avoidant, that's the duo, that's what mm -hmm. it means. Uh, and you want to watch an entire video on it and see kind of the, the graphs and the, the um, chart that we've built to kind of represent this, you can go to securemarriage.com, uh, click on the relationship roadmap, and it's actually uh, one of the free videos we have available. We're actually giving away some of the tools in the relationship roadmap yep. right, right now, so you can kind of check it out, take it for a test drive, see if you like it. If you like that tool, we've got uh, several other tools in the relationship roadmap that are just as easy to understand just as impactful and um, can be used to fix any situation in any marriage at any time. Yeah. That's a big claim, but it's true. Yeah. These tools, there's, there isn't any problem that any of these tools can't solve. Yeah, we and we've gotten numerous emails now yeah. of, of uh, people saying how helpful it's, yeah. they've been. And we're still waiting to get someone to say, oh, this stuff is crap. Yeah. But so hey, don't jinx it. We're knocking on wood. Don't <laughs> jinx it. Please don't jinx it. Man, that's a good way to throw it under the bus. Well, no. If someone wrote that in, that would be great for us because then we could go, okay, so where does this not work for yeah. you? What do we need to fix? And How do what we do make we it need better? to change? Because so. we're willing to make things better. We're willing yes. to uh, look at things and go, okay, we want this to be the best tool possible. And yeah. we get that through feedback from our, our Exactly. So don't users. give me a hard time about that. Fair enough. I still think you put the kibosh on it. We'll see. Everyone, thanks for listening. Um, it's nice to see you today. Uh, we'll see you next time. All righty. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Mm,